and welcome to the Open Paddock Rallycast. This is episode 76 for April 1st, 2020. And what we're all going through, well, it is no joke. This corona thing has been, well, a right pain in the ass, to be honest. And uh, it's obviously heartbreaking for those that have been affected physically by it um, or family members. But uh, we, we do want to get back to rallying as soon as we can. But of course, health and safety is number one. But for right now, kick back, grab a cold one, and chat with us in the virtual rally pub we call the Rallycast. Well, hello, I'm your host, Mike Shaw, and I'm joined by an absolute gaggle of co-hosts. Wow, Ian, I can tell you wrote that. <laughs> varying by selection that one of... In for you. Yeah, yeah, varying by selection of beverages and, of course, different locations all around the country. So, of course, my typical co-host is Ian Holmes. Ian, welcome back to the Rallycast. It's been a while. It's been too long, mate, hasn't it? It's uh, been, a, been a tough time. So it's nice to be able to sit down with people and just talk rally. And if you want to know, if you want to know what my beer is tonight, oh, yes. I have. Yeah, I because everybody's got. This is the thing. Everybody has to list their beverage of choice tonight. And well, I have a Firestone Walker Pivo Pilsner, which is unusually light for me, but. Uh, it's very good, and yes, I think I mentioned this before, the Firestone in the Firestone Walker Brewery, that is the tyre people. That's one of the tyre family who got fed up with making tyres and decided to go and make beer instead. I approve of this. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention heavily involved in racing, so racing and beer. I think we're okay with that, right? <laughs> well... In the background there, you heard a little bit of Kelsey Stevens back on the show from Cooper Auto Works, along with uh, her partner in crime there, Calvin. How you doing, Calvin and Kelsey? Doing Pretty great. good. So you got to tell us now, what's your drink of choice tonight? Um, we're having some hot tea with um, Woodford uh, bourbon. Oh, there we go. Woodford's good stuff. Definitely jealous of that, although uh, I'm, I'm kicking some pretty good bourbon here, too. Uh, next on the list, we, we've got David Cosmoom with us. David, I don't think you've been on the podcast with us, have you, man? I have not. This is my first time. Well, welcome to the podcast, uh, Mr. I Heart Fast and all the awesome stuff you do. And again, another contributor to all the stuff we do at Open Paddock. You got to be having something this evening to, uh, you know, help burn away any coronavirus, right? Yeah, I'm having something a little lighter than I sometimes have. It's a Hazy IPA from Topwing Goliath called Supa Sumo. Ooh, Supa Sumo. That sounds like it's got a kick to it then. Uh, it's a little bit hoppy. And as we continue down the list, boy, like I said, we have so many guests with us. We have Adam Bocci with Limitless Studios. Adam? How you doing? How you doing, bud? I think, again, first time being on the uh, Rallycast podcast. Uh, how are you uh, enjoying the evening beverage-wise? Um, I'm a pretty basic whiskey and coke kind of guy and right now i'm just living on what's left over because the good stuff was gone on day four so <laughs> <laughs> well so did they shut down all the liquor stores is that the issue no this just i'm in michigan so people be stocking up on quite a bit supplies have been limited just about everywhere we've tried on on basic things as well as the the beer and liquor unfortunately Ah, bummer, bummer. 
And of course, we've got our uh, photog extraordinaire as well, uh, Tedrick Mealy of Tedrick Mealy Photography with us. Tedrick, how are you doing this evening? Tedrick? Uh-oh. Tedrick? Tedrick's on mute. <laughs> He's looking at his computer. Where is that? Oh, wait, it's a Mac, so it means it hides everything. <laughs> yep, I... I, I... <laughs> Uh, for those that can't we can see edit this, that. Uh, okay. that, that, that was a uh, middle finger that I think we just saw come across the screens. <laughs> this is pretty standard work from home uh, technical difficulties as we yeah. probably are all used to now. Oh, we got little kitty cat joining us over here with uh, Cosmo. Who's that? This is Pip. She said she had to be on, so there she is. <laughs> uh, there we go. Tedrick, I think you're on audio now. He's good with cameras, not so much <laughs> He's going to start doing sign language for the rest of the evening. <laughs> Uh, always challenges when it comes to technology a little bit. And of course, last but not least with us is John v Johnny V, uh, Johnny Sage as we know him online. Johnny, how you doing, Stephen? Hey, good. Yeah, I like to use uh, Johnny Sage as kind of my uh, fake racing name that I'd like to you know use one day. It sounds cooler. <laughs> I like that. Johnny Sage, that totally works. And what are you, what are you enjoying this evening? Uh, well, I went with a Siesta Key toasted coconut rum. Like uh, Adam, I'm also normally a whiskey and Coke guy, but or bourbon and Coke. But uh, one of our rally friends, I think, recommended this. Was that Doug? Ah, uh, Doug Patterson. He is yeah, very well versed in his realms. Yeah. yeah, in uh, Sarasota here in Florida. It's pretty good. I'm running out, though, so I'm going to have to uh, make a run to the essential liquor, liquor store tomorrow. Nice, nice. And I myself am... Uh, being a little kind of old-fashioned traditional, I got a Guinness here because, uh, you know, I was both hungry and thirsty. Very nice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, as a little side to go with that, I've got a uh, Blanton's Bourbon, which is damn delicious stuff if you've never I had it before. Yeah, well. <laughs> it is very smooth, very tasty. So anyhow, so I guess that's it kind of for the for the drink roll call, but uh, we're going to check in with Tedrick. Mind? Tedrick, <gasps> is he back? Yay! I'm here. <laughs> uh, it turns out Skype, which I never used, the last time I used it was last time I was on the podcast after LSPR. It reset itself to automatically try to use the speakers as the mic, which um, <laughs> didn't work because they are speakers. Um, so uh, I have... Uh, I have the Megaladoom IPA from uh, Ninkasi Brewing. That's what I've got tonight. So excellent. Stick it with everybody. Most everybody sticking with something local except for me. So uh, I kind of suck. Ah well. I'm going for that international flair, and uh, you know, hey, Tim O'Neill would be very happy. He's I'm using it in the Team O'Neill Rally School uh, mug that I've got here, and he's a huge fan of Guinness. He never goes to a rally without some. So there you go. <laughs> so it's still rally related, right? Uh, so let's move on and, I guess, talk about things. Uh, I guess kind of we'll, 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 we'll try and keep it short because uh, we don't want to be too depressed about it. But we had some rallies that canceled. Uh, I guess this probably hits closest to home to uh, Kelsey and Calvin. You guys were all geared up to do 100 Acre Wood, weren't you? Yeah, we were in the midst of prepping the car and we had a pretty big list of stuff we actually got through and yeah and then we got the notice that it was canceled and just kind of stopped everything and moved on to other work the plus side is we didn't finish the engine swap that we were supposed to do before 100 acres so um we didn't have to disappoint everyone <laughs> by 
not showing up with the bigger engines uh, we had hoped to get done. Now we have more time to do it, but um, we're finding other things to get ourselves in trouble, so it's okay. Yeah, I was wondering about it. It's like, okay, so you've had more time already, because that was a little bit ago. Is the engine still not done? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> Procrastinators. No, like last minute, okay? Yeah. yeah. Now you have more time to put it off. Exactly. You get me. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, so 100 Acre Wood canceled, uh, who, I mean, I know I was planning on going there, uh, you know, we we're going to try and do uh, a pretty big media splash for that event. That was going to be the first big event of the year. I, I, I mean, it's just crazy to think that here we were just, what, four weeks ago, everybody was complaining about too many entries and now pff, no events. Yeah, this is true. Yeah, that's, that's true. The way things change so quickly. Yes. Yeah. Cause Scott and I were, we were. We were due to go down. Due to go down. It was supposed That's to be right. the first day too. of competition. Yeah. The first day of competition was supposed to be my birthday. I mean, I spent my birthday in isolation. You know, oh. so yeah, things change pretty quickly. But uh, it'll come around, I guess. Well, the thing is, it possible to reschedule it? Because things are going to get very busy, very, very quickly. We're going to have like a, get about a year's worth of rally into about six months of the year, I think. I think our best hope is um, whatever they do for Show Me Rally um, in October. Mm -hmm. So, for a Missouri rally, at least. Yeah, so that's, I think, the, the kind of going question. I mean, uh, other events, just to kind of roll through some of the list of what's been canceled, rescheduled, or whatever. Um, the Bristol Forest Rally, We our last podcast, we talked about new events. Brand new one in Tennessee. Was really excited to see that one uh, come on the list, and they've already canceled. Um. Olympus, well, we haven't heard anything yet, but strong suspicion that we'll be hearing some news this week that uh, a reschedule of that one, um, as well as Oregon Trail. Um, I know ours is at the very end of May. Heck, the Indy 500's rescheduled to August. The Indy 500 never moves, right? Um, mm -hmm. So that... I think is a clue <laughs> as yeah. to uh, what might happen with our event. We're, we're trying to hold out as long as we can, but there's only so long we can go before, you know, we, we can't. Um, yeah. Sorry. You hear the cat in the background, <laughs> but um, yeah. I mean, when it comes to like ordering the shirts for all the volunteers mm -hmm. and doing all those different things that you do, um, you know, in preparation for an event, there's kind of a deadline where you're like, go, no go. And we're getting really close to that. So um, I would expect that maybe our event gets uh, gets pushed out as well. Uh, the other one was we had a test day we were doing out here on Oregon Trail. Literally the day before, we ended up having to cancel that because when they went to state of emergencies in all these different states, um, this was going to be over in, in Washington State. We were going to need a EMT and an ambulance at the end of the stage just for a test day. And... They're like, uh, you can't use our resources. That's just stretching us too thin in case it's needed. And so without any emergency services, you just can't run. So that kind of put the kibosh on that, even though we were going to try and do our social distancing and all that stuff, um, which you can kind of do. We're out in the woods, right? Mm -hmm. But, you know, it just what wasn't happening. Um, no. So uh, ended up putting a cancel on that. Um, so, yeah, I, I, I think... Uh, Unless the event starts somewhere in mid to late June at the soonest, I don't know if it's going to run. I don't. What do you guys think is the first event we're going to probably have for this year? Well, I was looking at I was looking at my calendar just before I came on on the show, and I I 
it's possible. I mean, you're talking about the end of June, and I think the I I would be looking at uh, headwaters. Headwaters as a, as a regional rally is the end of June, and I could that's the last weekend in June, I think. So um, that would be the that would be the first event I could see being put on. Yeah, I know we're looking forward to Southern Ohio Forest Rally, but it's yeah. kind of right there in the middle of June, and that's still seems iffy at this mm -hmm. point. Any other takers or thoughts on uh, what might be our next first event? Yeah, it's kind of sad. You know, I uh, I take care of the uh, calendar on the Open Paddock website, and uh, I've pretty much been having to go through and start deleting stuff. We had Olympus and also High Desert Trails scheduled for this month. Yeah. Both of those, I assume, canceled. Uh, as you know, I was doing registration for Bristol. That's also canceled. Um, we had Rocky Mountain Rally and Oregon Trail next month. Canceled. Gorman Ridge in June canceled. What do oh, you Gorm think? Gorman Ridge is already canceled, huh? I think I remember hearing that it was canceled. Wow. <laughs> I could be wrong, but... Uh, and, but then uh, June we had Southern uh, Sofer. What do you think? I think that's iffy. <laughs> yeah. It's a, it's uh, a it's, you know, pretty much month by month, I think, at this point. I think, so. I think Ojibwe think. might be the best, the safest bet. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Probably, yeah. But it all, it, uh, to a certain extent, it all depends on individual areas of the country as well, doesn't it? I mean, the the, the coronavirus is spreading at different rates in different parts of the country, so maybe maybe some of the other parts some parts of the country would be able to put something on as state governments decide to um ease re ease restrictions that's why i think a a regional rally like headwaters stands a uh, a better chance of being put on rather than a national because the regional rally are only going to come from like a from a closer area yeah that's true and uh, Gorman Ridge was is still on the schedule on the NASA site, but it's in California, I believe. Yeah, uh, which is a hot spot, so hard to say. Yeah, I think that's one of the ones that's just outside of LA too. So that makes yeah, it even nine, nine weeks away. Yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, we're we're all trying to figure out, you know, what, what what's the next best step forward. Um, It'll be interesting to see if there's a way you could still salvage the championship, right? So we've had, what, one event for as far as the national championship is concerned mm -hmm. with ARA. Um, I guess same thing with the Canadian Rally Championship, right? They had their uh, uh, personage. So you've had two first events and then nothing um, for a while. Do you think we could possibly cram stuff into the end of the year, reschedule them? and it still be a national championship or is it just me too hard to pack in stuff between let's say it's first of July or end of June up through, you know, I guess November. I'd like to think that the national championship idea is probably out the window with so many big events <laughs> getting canceled, but certainly I think some of these rallies could be scheduled later in the year. Once we see if things calm down, and at least get some events in, maybe be more of a practice year or just a kind of win the event type system rather than a championship. Yeah, I think uh, getting 
getting people or people getting that much time off um, after all of this is going to be pretty rough. That and then being able to afford all of the travel and everything mm-hmm. else. Trying to cram it all in together. That's actually a good point because uh, it, it's okay for you know to travel to an event here, then wait a few yeah. weeks, right, and then go to another one. But if you cram them all into just a few months, that could make not only the just the travel from going to event to event in general, but the time off from work is going to be very difficult. With the majority of our competitors work, <laughs> they still have a day job, right? So yeah, yeah it's going to be pretty difficult for sure. Um, but what if we just ended up having, I guess, a bunch of super regionals? We just basically split it up into <laughs> three different regions of regionals, right? You cram in just, uh, you make them a little bit shorter or something like that. And we had an Oregon Trail regional, uh, you know, Tour de Forest, which is, would essentially maybe make it a two-day event instead, like Olympus is an Olympus regional. And you just did a bunch of super regionals. I think that would be fine. You just wouldn't have national champions. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think of that? I just want to rally. Yeah, that, that, that's exactly what I was going to say. You know, it's you like, are the champion for the year. Championship yeah. from last year, so you know, whatever. We'll just get them this year and pretend. <laughs> I like it. I like it. I think that makes you the champion. Yeah. There you go. Hey, there we go. One event champions, yes, or two event. Yeah, I think uh... we're one of the only teams that did both Snowdrift and Show Me. I think we're the only team that did both. So we're like, what? M-O-R. Or yeah, M-O-R, I mean, M-O-R. Because M-O-R and Snowdrift were both in January, and I think we were the only team that did both. So let's talk about uh, some more fun stuff. Um, Obviously, you know, we we don't know what's going to happen with the schedule, but uh, moving on from uh, just us dealing with being all locked up at home. Uh, Now, I assume everybody pretty much is in the same boat that we are as far as lockdown. Um, I, I know every state's kind of doing stuff a little bit different, but we're in Oregon is like no groups of more than 10 or more, as they're trying to say, but basically they're saying work at home unless your essential services work from home. Uh, is that everybody else's thing too? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Florida just uh, implemented their stay at home order today. So. Yeah. And here in Michigan, we've had that stay in home order for, at least a week or two now and they just extended it to the end of this month yeah for us i think it's been a couple weeks and again through the end of the month also um our shop i guess is an essential business so we still go to the shop but we did have to change procedures and how we handle things for that so yeah take extra precautions uh, just to keep our customers safe but we're still open for lease repairs Uh, we do car sales too but that's basically dropped to zero at this point yeah, I can imagine. But yeah, I'm like, sometimes you might still need to go somewhere. So people still need to get their oil changed or something mm-hmm. like that. Or, you know, whatever the car breaks, you got to get it fixed. And I can't imagine yeah. that uh, not be con- being considered an essential yeah, service like, for sure. I've, I need... And Ian decided to go silent. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. You, I, you, your your display just changed there there on me. You went from like... Uh... The be the 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 uh, cam the cam to like now now you're back on on the on on the webcam and the webcam was there and then it went and I'm going like I was going to say something what's happened uh, yeah yeah I mean this is the thing it's like I've got a I need to put new tires on my Duke and I have a a car a car repair shop two blocks away from my house and they're not open. They've decided to shut up for the duration of the um, of the pandemic. It's like, 
Oh, my God. That's a good job. I don't need to go anywhere, isn't it? So how is everybody coping with their work-at-home situation? Uh, I can tell you about mine. I've, um, you know, obviously I'm an IT guy, so uh, having to set up at home wasn't overly difficult. It was more just getting everybody else used to it, um, this mm -hmm. kind of setup, uh, all of our workers at my office. Thankfully, we only have like 26 employees, so it's not that hard to get everybody set up. But um, we were kind of ahead of the curve. We saw the signs of the cascading lockdowns coming down uh tedrick your state was doing it first and everything you did yep. we did right afterwards we're like okay uh how many laptops do we have For those people don't have laptops i know it's an old one can we get it going you know and get them all set up uh did kind of all that stuff but for me personally though it's um being here at home setting up uh where i had my desk was normally not it was more for just gaming and i didn't do much work from home if i unless i had to so I set up a second monitor and my cat was very upset because where second monitor is, is where she used to sleep. <laughs> she would sleep on one side of the desk while I'd game on the other. And uh, yeah, she was a little upset with that. She, she didn't fit very well. So she's all like walking around the keyboard and trying to find, where can I lay down? But eventually she got it figured out. But uh, yeah, a little bit of a challenge in uh, both the... Uh, the home situation. My wife works a graveyard shift, so she has to deal with me being on conference calls and trying not to be too loud. And well, I'm Italian, so I'm loud. Um, <laughs> yeah. So a little bit of challenges here, but uh, nice to be at the house, I guess, and not have to deal with traffic and driving. What about everybody else? Oh, it's, it's the experience from hell for me. You know, I've like, I've been in work for like 35 years and I've always worked whether it's been in a design studio when I was at when I was in the sign factory or whether it's been in this office situation when I've been here. I mean, for 35 years, I've been working in a workplace atmosphere and to suddenly have to go from that to like an eight by four space in the spare bedroom isolated from absolutely everybody it's it's hell it really is terrible i mean some people some people have the mentality to work from home but you know i'm not one of them so i'm not I, okay so i'm only like about a week into it but i'm like i'm hating it <laughs> so i'm kind of the opposite i've worked at home for 11 years now mm -hmm. so it's pretty much business as usual my wife is home she has been for the past two weeks. I think the biggest thing is our dogs are still trying to get used to both of us being here. So they're kind of like all stressed out and trying to go inside and outside and bark at everything. Plus there's extra people walking by because everyone's going for their like afternoon walk and stuff like that. So that's the biggest change for me. What about the rest of you? Yeah, I work in IT with, with uh, same as you, Mike. So We've been talking kind of in the back end about the same circumstances where, you know, we're having to set up a lot of other people to work from home, which is interesting. Um, you know, working in IT, it's really not uncommon for us to work from home, but definitely it's been an adjustment getting everybody open. Um, you know, it's nice to wear shorts to work finally, which is to say home. Nice. So, you know, it's, it's kind of weird to like get up and not have to like, get in the shower right away or dress up or, you know, do anything and go to work. You know, you just kind of get up and log in and hang out all day and then kind of, you know, do what you need to do. And our workforce, you know, is only really a third. We, we've closed our entire business and 
they got about three, 400 people spread out throughout the state and uh, maybe only a third of the business working. So, you know, it's, it's a lot, it's a lot down. It's a lot of different challenges, but it's also seems like it's less work. Yeah. And with me, I, I mean, I've had my shop built at my house for the last eight years now. So, and also being an auto shop, I'm considered an essential business, but at the same time, haven't seen much coming in with this. I mean, uh, this is the time of year that I usually get a lot of people in with their tax returns to put quite a bit of money into their car. And so far, nope, those people haven't shown up and I completely understand why. And it's, it's definitely, it's a situation that none of us have experienced before. So we're doing what we can and Fortunately, I had at least somewhat of a savings stockpiled up in case something like this happened. So everything's all good here. It's just getting bored. Not a lot to do. I hear that. <laughs> well, so much Netflix you can watch, right? Yeah. <laughs> so many shows you can thin watch a season for before it's like, now what? What about you, Tedrick? Uh, well, I was laid off, so... I guess I don't have to work from home. Um, <laughs> so that's a plus. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, you know, it's, it is kind of nice being at home and not being quite as busy as I was before. Uh, and I actually get to like go on nice walks around my neighborhood. So um, as long as I stay away from everyone else, which is pretty easy when I walk at the weird hours, like, I try to go walk to see the sunset, and everybody's already finished their afternoon walks by then, so it's pretty easy to keep social distancing here. Yeah, I think I saw you uh, taking some pictures of uh, Hot Wheels uh, rallying around uh, plants. Was that, is that what it was? Uh, that was David. David. Oh, was that David? Okay. <laughs> yeah, that was me. Uh, maybe that's, a, maybe that's a, uh, something we can do in the uh, off time here is uh, use some <laughs> of that uh, miniature uh, photography. But you could make some uh, really interesting stuff there. You got to find stuff to do. That's what I say. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to say is, you know, what kind of fun distractions have uh, we come up with? I mean, yeah, there's some Netflix things to watch. Um, there's, you know, stuff on YouTube. I don't know if you guys have seen what's called uh, VHS rallies, where you can see a bunch of the classic mm -hmm. stuff, um, which uh, it's a guys in the UK. They've taken some old rally footage and have been taking literally VHS tapes and putting them into YouTube and they they don't say who their names are because obviously there could be copyright issues or whatever, but this is stuff that's mm. long, old things that yeah. you wouldn't really find anywhere. And uh, it, it's some pretty cool content, especially of all the classics. Yeah, yeah I, wa I watch that stuff with tears in my eyes, you know, because that's that's what rally was when i was growing up you know i've seen all the, watched all the all the rallies from like my uh my, my childhood and my impressionable teenage years there's been some wonderful film of the manx manx international rally on there and i've been watching people like russell brooks and penty auricula and all these guys at the at their peak it's been been fantastic it's been fantastic to watch that the, the vhs rallies come comes with a glowing recommendation from me for sure and there's always the uh, die cast rally series i'm sure you guys have been watching a little bit of that that's uh pretty amazingly done not something i could come up with but that's pretty clever oh yeah the uh, that's that 3d bot maker and they built their own their own like racetrack and uh, yet this they like let the cars like wheel down 
a crazy sort of like Hot Wheels track rally track. Yeah, uh, somebody actually said, Ian, you're into like model railroads and scenery. You should do something like that with rally cars. <laughs> but, uh, there you go. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Can't go to Hundred Acre Wood, but maybe we can uh, recreate it. Yeah, there we i got to find room, though. It's like I don't have room for my model railroads right now, you know. I've taken up blooming model railroad space with my workspace. Uh, curse work. <laughs> so uh, what other stuff have uh, folks been doing to pass the time? I've seen a lot of people are doing, like, Lego stuff. Um, I've been doing kind of the sim gaming thing. I'll, I'll talk about that in a bit. But uh, uh, anybody else got some uh, fun stuff you've been working on? Puzzles? Oh, there's just, there's the one thing that's been really risen to prominence right now is like the coloring. You know, we we had Scott Alderson on the show a couple of weeks ago, and he's he's the man behind the ARA coloring book, of course, and uh, he's now got a thing through his uh, website. What is it ScottAldersonArt.com, dot com, mm-hmm. where you can download pages from from the coloring book and uh, you can color them in. And there's loads of people have been doing that. Like M sport have been doing that. Uh, Final tenths have been doing that loads, loads of people, loads of people, all, all loads of artists that say all around the world have been doing this. So uh, some of my favorite artists like uh, Tim Lazell, he's a, he's a, he does that incredible pop art motor racing poster type artwork. And there he's been, been letting you have line drawings of those to color in for free and that's that's pretty cool and there's a guy hey i'm bringing goodwood into it again aren't i but there's a every show every show every show show. yeah we're going to be the the historic motor racing podcast before you know it mike yeah so there's a goodwood goodwood revival competitor called andy harrison he's got a he has a downloadable mini out there and you can color the mini in and then you can cut it out and um, you can like make a make a make a make a mini, make your own mini car. So I mean, art art is the way to get through all this coloring and uh, everything like that. What about you, Calvin and Kelsey? Uh, what have you been doing to uh, pass the time? Lots of video projects. So some of this video that we took last year, um, we're starting to get projects together for this year, and then. Um, I got a wild hair one day and insisted that we just go grab a junk car out of the yard of BMWs that we have and start a new project car because, as I mentioned, we still haven't built the engine for the rally car. We needed something else to do so we could procrastinate. Um, <laughs> so I love it. Calvin's been watching – well, I am too, us too. We've been watching a lot of roadkill and dirt every day, and so um, – we let that go to our heads. And so we're we're doing, we're calling it Project Schmutzfagen and we're doing like a little video series. We're just working on the car a little bit each week and then putting out a video about it. And then once we can like safely drive around and roam around in it, we'll like take it to do some off-road stuff maybe. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, what whatever we can, we can do with it. But um, it's ugly. It was all like smashed up. So we got to like, it was very cathartic. We got to like rip things off the car and tear it up and like take out all of our frustration on it. So, you know, if anybody's stressed out at the shop, you just go work on a schmutz car for a while and hit it with a hammer and feel better. <laughs> I love it. Uh, so, so you said the inspiration was from uh, what show is it? Um, like 
Roadkill or Dirt Every Day, the Motor Trend shows. Oh, I have not been watching those, hence why I was not familiar. Okay. Uh, I, I'm not as mechanically inclined on my end, I must say. I can, I, I, I can talk about cars. I can't really mm-hmm. do much with them. I, I pay mechanics like you guys. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, that's, that's why I've got a Model T Ford, you know, so I think that it's... If they were working on cars in the 1920s, I should be able to cope with that, you know. But can I just give a shout out to uh, Greg Hoff at uh, HNP Speed? Because um, something that cheered me up no end was uh, I got a mysterious package in the mail from from HNP Speed a couple of weeks ago. And I think you had something to do with this, Mike. But uh, I, for the longest time now, I've been... Uh, trying to arrange to get some t-shirts printed that said rally drivers are cool on the front and on the back it said but co-drivers are cooler and so greg over at hnp speed printed one off for me so you can and it's on his it's on his website at hnpspeed.com and you can actually order one of these t-shirts and wear the coolest t-shirt on the rally scene for this year it's a pity we're not going to have a rally scene for this year, isn't it? But there you go. That's just my look. But the the um, the T-shirt is totally cool, and uh, big thanks to Greg for that one. That that really brought a smile to my face just as things were starting to get pretty bad. Greg's awesome, by the way. If you have any ideas for rally shirts, he will make them. So I've sent him a few ideas, and they're on the website now. And he he did the shirts that we're wearing now. Our shirts that were supposed to be for the season. So shout out to him. He's awesome awesome uh so other things that uh, folks have been doing to uh to pass the time i, I guess i'll talk about me for just a second because uh, i see adam's got a wheel sitting uh next to his uh <laughs> image here that we're looking at and uh yeah so a little bit of the dirt rally thing um obviously number of us uh play a game called dirt rally which is uh well heck we had the original um lead developer of dirt rally 1.0 um on the show uh Coleman, um, trying to remember his first name. I'm feeling like a total ass right now. Um, but, uh, anyways, he's no longer with the, the Codemasters group. But, anyways, we had him on the show and he told us all about, you know, Dirt Rally when it first came out. They came out with a second version that was released last year. And it's now a game of the year. So, it's definitely moved up in prominence. So much so, it's moved up in prominence that you have many more people getting into this whole like sim thing especially with this being stuck at home deal you know i I play a little bit open paddock we've done some challenges uh where we try and get people to play along uh tedrick you've got a wheel now too because i sent you my old one (laughs) so i know you play a little bit Um, Uh, yeah i haven't picked it up in a little while but i also can't run dirt too so um i just get to play dirt one by myself i guess I don't get to play the really fun, all the fun uh, challenges that you guys do. Hashtag Mac problems. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you Mac users. Uh, But, but, I mean, the cool thing about it is you can create these clubs, um, which Open Paddock is one, but there's many out there. And when you're online and you're playing, you can, within that club, you know, race against each other. And, uh, well, heck, uh, Johnny, you're part of this too. You've been doing the Open Paddock challenges and... You can do the newer cars or you can do the older cars. You know, we had Sam Albert on the show uh, a couple episodes ago talking about doing the VR with it. So this sim thing has really kind of exploded. 
And again, especially with everybody stuck at home right now, um, there's been some top competitors that have been putting together these uh, challenges, of which Oliver Solberg re recently did one because Rally Argentina uh, isn't happening, right? So 4,400 people uh, ended up jumping in on the competition there, and I think Sam Albert actually beat Oliver's time, <laughs> which was pretty cool. So, uh, yeah, there's uh, some really good sim people out there. At the end of the way, they've got some serious equipment. And so kind of to that end, it's kind of a fun little distraction to get some rallying in that, yeah, okay, it's not real. At the same time, you get the excitement of playing against your friends that are also competitors. You know, see who can have the best time. Sometimes in old cars, uh, Johnny, the pick of using a 240Z is the worst car for Greece ever. I just my knew you were going to rub that in. <laughs> Beat, beating me at my own car. Oh, man. It's That's a good-looking car. It's just a horrible <laughs> rally car, unless it's maybe Safari, where the roads are just mass, you know, big and wide and whatever. But I still say it's the coolest car on the rally, man. <laughs> but, yes, I agree that that was a very difficult car to drive in Greece. Very, very slippy. But, man, you beat me at it by, like, 10 minutes. Eh, you know, I, I just didn't go off the road. I mean, that's the thing. I'm not that fast. I just didn't crash as much. Uh, I didn't go off the road I that didn't... much. <laughs> maybe, maybe three or four times. I tried to keep it on, but, man, I don't know. You're just faster. I don't know what to tell you. You're just better. Uh, who else among us has been doing the, the gaming thing? Uh, Adam, I saw your wheel there sitting there. Yeah, I, I've been doing it for a while. I've had uh, ever since Dirt 1 origi or Dirt originally came out. But I also, I've got a couple other things because we do the track racing thing too for time attack and touring races. So there's a few games that I play that are 3D mapped to the exact layout of the track just so that the drivers can learn the corners. I mean, you can be so much faster on a track knowing the track than going at it blind. So, yeah, while the car may not handle the same as it really will in the track with all the feelings, you still, you get to learn to memorize a certain track, and then you go to that track, you're going to be a lot more confident. So uh, it's not just the dirt rally thing. We do a lot of track racing simulations with other people online, too. Calvin and Kelsey, you ever play with uh, sim stuff? Yeah, I do have a wheel set up. I've done some dirt rally uh, the first one and dirt rally 2.0 just haven't done a whole lot of it lately we've been busy playing animal crossing <laughs> <laughs> hey you know that's one of those nice things that takes a nice long time to play out you know with all the time you have on your hands now <laughs> yeah real gardening wasn't enough so i had to also do it for pretend there you go <laughs> and by the way her gardening is amazing I still remember the awesome stuff you brought me at uh, at Ojibwe. Remember? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, that's right. You brought me a little little container of, of fresh stuff from your garden. It was amazing. Thank you very much for that. Um, so yeah, I'm sure you guys are planning out that whole garden thing then for this year already. It's well, spring stuff's in the ground already. So woohoo! Yay! What about you, David? You've been doing the sim thing a bit. Um, I haven't had a lot of time to do it lately. I mean, I have in the past. Um, I started with Gran Turismo way back in college, and um, some of my friends and myself have been doing a yearly, somewhat yearly competition where we all get together and play a version of Dirt. I think this year was our seventh time. It's called the Barking Spider Rally. We all make... <laughs> 
we, everyone brings chili and we eat chili all day long and play dirt of some kind. So it's fun. And you guys Lots get together to do this and, and put your machines together like an old fashioned land party or? Uh, no, no, we just have one. Everyone sits around and watches the other person play and it's kind of loud. It's hard to hear the co-driver. It's <laughs> extra challenging. It's, it's just a good time. It's a good excuse to get everybody together during the off season when we don't really have anything to do. And well, of course, we know uh, Ian Holmes' opinion when it comes to simulators. Yeah, I'm just going to let you lot talk about them, and I'm just going to sit, sit in the background and drink my beer. So that's uh, I've had some good beer drinking time for the past ten minutes. So that's okay. <laughs> yeah, he can't stand simulators. He think they're he thinks they're just a joke. But whatever. Uh, Give it four weeks can at home, them. and we'll break them down. <laughs> <laughs> Stuck at home for four weeks. What are you going to do? With no rally. Four weeks at home. Can't go out. See, the problem is it's a lot harder to co-drive on a simulator. That is very true. <laughs> that is true. That would be interesting, though. They really need to add that to the game. That would be amazing. That would be you interesting. Know, you know, it would, be, it would be interesting to be able to see if you could have, you know, you have that, like voice-to-text kind of stuff, right? You have all this mm-hmm. AI stuff or whatever they call it. And what if we had it so... You could actually, you'd have to call a note and then the car would respond. So all you're doing is actually kind of calling notes to try and get it to, you know, to complete the stage correctly. That would be kind of something interesting. I just think it would be interesting to have multiplayer where one one guy is driving and the other guy's co-driving. Well, I mean, I you can do that now. That. What's that? I have heard of teams doing that. Um, they'll drive the stage once. And just like you would for recce and then have the co-driver call and but you're sitting in the same room. I have oh, I've heard okay. of teams doing that, but um, it's kind of hard. I, I co-drive by feel, not by sight. So I would have a hard time with that. Yeah, the Sims, Sims never going to quite match up to real life, but yeah, that's what, uh, that's what Krista Skukas was saying. She was, you know, trying to do that for Sam Albert and um, to make it doubly hard, he's got the VR on, so she can't see that screen. So then he had to, you know, double display to a, to a second screen. And she's like, yeah, used to just looking down at the notes and feeling what corner she's in, not so much see it. Um, I mean, there's points you look up for references, right? I mean, you co-drivers would know this better than me. Um, but other than that, you can't really tell where you are without feeling it. So it's, it's just, it's just too much of a disconnect between, you know, look, you'd have to be just constant eyes back and forth between uh, looking at the screen and looking at the page. So I, I can see that being an extra challenge. So aside from the sim stuff of which uh, look, look for more of those. Um, for those of you that do like the game and whatnot, uh, be part of the, part of the sim world. Um, not only is open paddock doing stuff, but we may do a, a simulated Oregon Trail rally. Um, been talking to some folks about trying to get real competitors that also sim all together and try and compete against each other um, in, in kind of a, our own little kind of mini Oregon Trail that we'd come up with. So not sure which roads to pick and which cars to pick, but uh, it might be fun to get, again, folks to, uh, to kind of compete against each other on that. So. Uh, let's see here. Other stuff that's been going on. Um, well, while we're all stuck at home, uh, there was a pretty cool thing that Ian, you wanted to mention about how, uh, uh, your driver did a little birthday special. Yeah. Yeah. This is a, this is, this is a big thing in Minnesota right now. It's like, cause kids are stuck in the house and they're missing their birthday parties and everything. There was, there was a child, there was a small boy, in Scott's hometown of uh, Jordan, 
Minnesota, and uh, it was his birthday, and uh, they arranged a parade for him past his past his house, and the rally truck was there, and uh, the local police were there, and everything, and. Uh, Yes, so Scott took the rally truck along to be part of this parade for this this boy's birthday. I mean, that was that was that was great. I mean, now we all need is what we need is the uh, the kid to grow up to be a rally fan, and uh, it'll it'd be a big win all the way around there. So uh, yeah, that was great for for Scott to do that, and uh, gave rally a little bit of publicity there. So uh, yeah, very pleased with that one. So it was actually the thing was this was actually hundred acre weekend that he did that as well so we weren't we weren't racing but he was out in the rally trucks uh, that was that was cool for him but whereas i was sat at home all by myself in isolation oh come on somebody play a small violin <laughs> there for me please <laughs> yeah, that's but, what most productions for <laughs> but while we're talking about 100 acre wood you know that my strange dreams are a big thing about preparation for, for the rallies. And the cancellation of a 100-acre wood didn't come soon enough to stop me having a distinctly odd dream about a 100-acre about the forthcoming rally. So do you want to hear it? Of course. Of course you do. Thank, thank you, Kelsey. The check's in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> so... This dream, in this dream, I went into a local auto parts store to buy some uh, something for the rally car. I don't know what it was. That's not important. But I was served by Father Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> so I told him what I wanted, and he disappeared into the back of the store to find it. He was gone. For, in the dream, he was gone for like hours. And when he came back, he just walked straight past me, out the door, and locked me in the auto parts store. So if I'm ever at a rally, and I go into an auto parts store, and I get served by a guy with a white beard, I am do doing a U-turn and leaving straight away. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so, so next rally that you're going to, I'm going to go mail... Uh, Big white beards and <laughs> all of the auto parts stores within like 50 miles. <laughs> I like it. I uh, like it. Man, let me tell you, I don't know what's in the water out there where you are, man, in the prairies, but <laughs> you sure you're not close to Flint, Michigan? Uh, anyway. Um... <laughs> Life wouldn't be the same without my odd dreams, would it? <laughs> That's true. It always gives us something to chat about. So, David Kostaboom, you were doing those uh, little miniatures shots. Um, any, any plans to, uh, like, create a little uh, fun little fake championship with those uh, cars? you got some great little models there. I, I mean, it kind of depends on how bored I get, I guess. Really, the, the one that I did this last time, I just needed a break from work, so I went outside. The sun was shining. It was a good excuse to go outside and use my camera. If I get real bored, we'll see what happens. <laughs> I actually think that would make a very interesting open paddock challenge. Take your uh, little toy cars, see if you can get a realistic-looking shot to beat David's. Challenge accepted. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> we got some serious photogs here, so this is going to be exactly. a challenge. I like it. I like it. I, I can't wait to see you guys what you guys come up with. Uh, heck. I just got to find those cars. 
Um, heck, now you guys actually have time to go back and look at the 5 million photos you've taken over the last couple of years. Because post is the hardest thing for you guys, I'm sure. Yes? No? Maybe? Yeah, Just silence. Sure. Sure. <laughs> it takes a long time. I usually only edit like a handful of the photos that I take. Now's a good time to go back and find some of those hidden gems that just are kind of lost in there. What about you, Tedrick? Same thing? Uh, yeah, same thing, uh, along with going back and uh, doing a little bit more culling so I can have some disk space for next season. Yeah, that's probably a good thing, especially <laughs> when you have 5 billion pictures all in RAW. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, it It's taken up pretty much my whole uh, home NAS at this point, so... <laughs> I, I need to work on that. Well, and Adam, you do video stuff. Yeah, and I record in 4K 60 RAW, so I've got Oof. about 32 terabytes of footage <laughs> that it's, it gets ridiculous. That's I mean, it, I have to record to solid-state drives just because it won't, it won't record that format to an SD card. So, wow. yeah, a lot of money in uh, storage. I'm not going to complain anymore. <laughs> me either <laughs> yeah especially when uh, one terabyte solid state drive goes for a few hundred bucks it it adds up and that's that's the hard thing is i don't like to throw anything away i like to keep it all because you never know when somebody might want i've had multiple clients hit me up a year or two later going do you still have that we lost our copy well yes i do because i held on to it so well, let's hope uh, we can see some cool video edits uh, from from what you've got there, or maybe uh, some uh, I don't know uh, s some lost footage that you can find. Bloopers, yeah, bloopers are always on, good. I've been working on putting some stuff together, and I've been working with Go Speed Racing, and we were all set to do a, another video for Hundred Acre Wood, which then got canceled. But we've got some other footage from when he went to uh, Rally Ready in Texas. Mm, and yeah. also when he went out to uh, the Subaru Winter Driving Experience. So we're working on putting some stuff together to get out there during this time just to keep some sort of content coming in the meantime. Yeah, I'm also trying to get my Sandblast recap video made up for this year. But even with all this free time, I don't know. I'm just, I just I look at it. I got several hours I got to edit together, and I just, I don't know, I can't do it. <laughs> we, we gotta all help uh, Johnny with some motivation here. It's like, come on, oh, get us some. Come it. on, Johnny. Come on, Johnny. You can can't do, do it. it. I, I managed to copy it all to my computer in the same place, but when I sit down to just edit it, I'm just like, ah, I don't want to do it. All right, all right. By the next podcast, I need I need an assistant. <laughs> I, I, I can feel your pain, Johnny, because I still have a whole load of video from Goodwood Revival back in September of last year that I haven't even done anything with yet. So, uh, so you managed yeah, to I, sneak I, that good boy in again. I, I was going to say <laughs> twice. <laughs> Keep a little counter running. You know, like a drinking game. <laughs> uh, Calvin and Kelsey, you've been doing the video thing. You were saying that earlier. So uh, I think I saw a video from you guys not too long ago. Was it like last week, right? Yeah. Um, 
I posted a video today and last Wednesday. Wednesdays will be like the Project Schmutzwagen videos. And then um, when Adam Brock was at our shop over the winter putting a cage in our new project car, um, we did a really cool fancy sit-down interview with him. So that'll be coming out maybe this weekend or sometime next week. And then I'm having to rethink a lot of our sponsorship videos. We've got we got some really amazing sponsors on board this year. And a lot of them requested videos from us. And I was like, cool, just get some cool footage at rallies with their logos on the car. Videos will be easy. And now we don't have any, you know, we don't really have any rally footage to use. So I'm having to come up with some alternate ideas. Um, I don't want to wait till late in the season and have a bunch of these videos to put together. So trying to come up with some new ideas for that stuff. Awesome. Uh, so, yeah, season's kind of on hold everybody's trying to find stuff to do at home any specific goals to get done during this time uh, now that we kind of all thought that we've got you know again another couple months at minimum uh with this kind of work at home be at home kind of situation anybody have something specific they want to accomplish because i was suddenly thinking you know i've been talking about getting my ham license for forever in two or three days and that would be a kind of a useful thing to have out on the rally stages. Um, yes. that, that'd be a good, pretty good goal to have for, uh, for me to finally accomplish. Uh, anybody else have, uh, a goal like that, that they want to try and accomplish uh, while we're kind of stuck indoors. Yeah. You know, they give you all the questions and the answers to the questions on the test, right, Mike? Uh, well, actually I can imagine that is a multiple choice. Is that what you mean? Or that kind of thing? No, no, literally yeah. the, the tech license for ham, they give you the questions and the answers. Yeah. They're all online. Yeah. yeah. It's all like, literally um, it's all you have to do. I, I don't know if I should advertise this, but all I did to study is that the night before, uh, <laughs> I basically, I mean, it was in college. I just crammed for it. I uh, I just went online and took practice tests until I'd seen all of the questions yep. and was getting all the answers right. Went to bed, woke up the next morning, took the test and aced it. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, I did a mix of that where I did actually read the book and try to understand the concepts. But a few days before the test, I did the same thing. I got an app, which is like flashcards with all the questions and the answers. Mm -hmm. And I just went through them for a few days just to kind of get through that, took the test. I think I missed some stuff, but interestingly, the, the guys who administered the test were pretty much like, you passed. And I was like, <laughs> well, wrong? I'd like to know why I got it wrong and, you know, what the real answer is. They're like, you passed. <laughs> so I was like, carry on. I, was just like, I don't know. This is a little too easy. So it's really easy, Mike. Just get it done. I think it's one of those, like, it's the license to learn kind of thing. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. Um, that's what they say about pilots. Uh, I got my pilot's license, uh, God, a decade ago now. And um, scary to learn for you guys that it's kind of the same thing. Um, the test questions are, uh, versions of them are all available online. And you can take many a practice. I mean, they'll be structured slightly differently, but you you have a general idea of what they're, they're going to ask, what kind of questions. And uh, yeah, I just, I did definitely kind of cram for that. But uh, basically the, part of your other than the flying part you have to prove that of course but um yeah the uh, written exam for getting a private pilot's test you can pretty much figure those out by doing some practice tests online and taking the same thing <laughs> if, if you can get a pilot's license you can do your ham license <laughs> <laughs> all right all right 
no more excuses, huh? There you go. Yep. <laughs> like your passport, Mike. No more excuses. I got it. I've got, got my passport now. now okay. <laughs> I do have my passport now. Oh, although so pretty you're, useless. You're Canada, then, right? <laughs> <laughs> We're doing PFR. That's what I just heard. Uh well, for once, I may have the time to do that. Um, all of my <laughs> vacation time was taken up before, so uh, maybe this year I could go up there to PFR. Provided, uh, w when is that? Is that September? Uh, yeah, usually September. Anniversaries around then, so we'll have to figure that out. Wife takes precedence. Sorry, guys. <laughs> it's a great anniversary gift. There, hey, you know, I, she, she does love the, love got the outdoors. You an all-expense-paid trip to... Uh... Pacific so Forest Valley. Nowhere British Columbia. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. Uh, so I guess, you know, Tedrick, you've been up to Canada and been to, to a, a Canadian event or two. Um, how, many else, how many else of us have been up to Canadian events? Uh, Adam, you've been up to Canada? No, unfortunately not. Uh, Calvin and Kelsey, I heard the rallying's awesome up there. Any plans to ever do a Canadian event? Uh, we've looked into it. Uh, Tall Pines is probably the closest one. Uh, to our location, but uh, nothing plans just yet. Well, I've heard the exchange rate, well, used to be really good. We'll find out at the end of all this what that's like. But uh, I know there's a lot of Americans like really uh, going up there, uh, definitely on the Pacific Coast side. Um, we have quite a few of this kind of Cascade region. We used to have this thing called the Cascadia Cup, where um, basically it was a combination of uh, the Western Canadian region and Western um, what then was Rally America, but uh, ARA type folks uh, would all compete in events kind of together and create their own little sub championship combining events across the border with the events here. And uh, it was a kind of fun thing for regional folks to, uh, you know, they, they had their closest competitors that would follow both across the border there and here and, and do their own little sub championship. So, um, but yeah, some great events up there at. Tedrick, what makes uh, the Canadian events a little bit different? Because, uh, uh, you know, I know one thing is that they take really good care of their volunteers up there. I've, I've heard that they have things where they like, they'll heck, heck, they'll pay for uh, like the hotel room for uh, some of the volunteers that are working. You know, I've only been to once, been up there once for an event, uh, Pacific Forest Rally in 2017, um, which uh, Mike Cleaver keeps reminding me was the craziest and least organized year with everything that could go wrong. They had postponed two weeks because of uh, huge forest fires and everything. Um, and, he, and he said everything that could go wrong had gone wrong. And I went up there and I was like, this is the most organized rally I've ever been to. <laughs> he's like, what are you talking about? This is horrible. <laughs> so, um, you know, clearly they know what they're doing up there. Uh, it, it was super smooth running everything was incredibly professional um and incredibly professional but also incredibly accommodating at least you know having been a volunteer but also going uh being media they were very accommodating letting me go do what i need to do and uh you know even though i didn't know almost anyone up there it was it was pretty nice and yeah i mean they're canadian so of course they were nice <laughs> that's kind of a requirement isn't it all right, so I guess closing this out, um, let, let's, I guess, mention something fun or funny for us, uh, I guess, rally-wise. Uh, obviously, it is a rally podcast, and we want, want to kind of end this on a lighthearted note. I guess, funniest moments that you can remember uh, in, in recent past when it comes to rallying. I kind of just do a little roundtable, kind of springing it on you guys. I know I didn't really put it in the show notes, but 
you know, there every rally, there's something funny and entertaining that happens, whether you're media, whether you're a competitor. So uh, I, I'm sure maybe a little more fresh in the minds. I can start with the competitors first. Uh, Calvin and Kelsey, you got to have something that's like a funny moment you can share with us. Um, I don't know. Okay, I'll let you guys think about that because I'm going to move over to Johnny because he was just at Sandblast and there's all kinds of craziness. There's there's people that try and drive onto the active stage, you know, things like that. What kind of kind of weird and, and funny moments have you uh, kind of ran into in the last couple of years? Yeah, I was going to say uh, the funniest thing recently, uh, not so much at Sandblast this year, but last year, 2019 Sandblast, the funniest thing was... We had a lot of mud. Everyone got stuck. There was a lot of cars out. And I don't know who it was, but I saw a, a picture after the fact, which was a guy in a smart car with a cut-off roof. So it was like a convertible smart car. Um, towing a rally car back to service. <laughs> <laughs> there was a picture after summer about it. It was the craziest thing I ever saw. I didn't, I didn't see it while I was there, but I was hot after the fact. And I was like, that's the most insane thing I've ever seen. You got a little, like, convertible smart car not even a real convertible it was like like they, top. one of those ones where they like cut off the roof with a with Sawzall. a or something yeah right and they're just on the regular road towing a rally car that had died or stuck or something back to service and i'm like that's crazy and I, you only see that in a rally you know yeah you're not going to see that in nascar f1 or any of these things you know it's like <laughs> they're going to have like you know, Ferrari tow truck or something carrying this stuff back. You know, only in a rally do you see a smart car towing a rally car. <laughs> That's crazy stuff. That was pretty fun. Uh, all right. Uh, David, behind the uh, camera, you've seen all kinds of crazy stuff and uh, caught, in, caught some crazy moments uh, hanging around with teams. What's one that comes to mind? Um, the one that comes to mind doesn't really have to do with a team or even necessarily a rally, but some of the spectators at hundred acre wood, um, there was one spot in particular. I can remember there's always the same group there. And I think it was two years ago, they had a UTV vehicle and, um, in between cars, one of them decided that they were going to try to jump up the ditch, I guess on the, road that intersected and and rolled the UTV <laughs> twice. <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine. Uh, crazy people, crazy people. All right, Calvin and Kelsey. So probably all of the, let's just say, inappropriate snow men and women <laughs> snow drivers. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's I right. As a snow driver, I have never been more distracted. I'm trying not to like yell, but I would just be like, right five, and just on the inside of the corner is like a six foot tall snow structure um, pertaining to the male anatomy. And I'm giggling, and we were just kind of having fun at Snowdrift. It wasn't super serious. So sometimes I would just be like, haha, like, and then say the things that, that were on the side of the road. Um, you can say yeah, it here. Thought, it's okay. Yeah. So <laughs> that was probably the best part is just giggling all weekend at, you know, they were what, uh, you know, very correct snowmen and snowwomen. All their parts were there. <laughs> <laughs> and some of them didn't even have bodies attached. They were just the parts. <laughs> so. 
Well, that's, that's literally what I was going to say. I've been going to Snowdrift every year since 2011 because it's literally an hour and 15 minutes away from my house. And never once have I seen the amount of snow penises that I saw <laughs> last year. And it, it's like everybody separately all like yeah. grouped together and said, it's, we're all going to participate in this because they were everywhere. <laughs> so a really cool photo got shared on Reddit and it was our car and it's snowdrift and there's a bonfire and I was like, this is an amazing picture. I click and I open up and on the left side is a six foot snow penis with a GoPro <laughs> <laughs> picture around <laughs> on Reddit, like a stranger, and there's a giant wiener. <laughs> I just, I lost it. <laughs> Your car just can't be found without a penis nearby. <laughs> no. Oh, yeah. That's hilarious. Uh, so, Tedrick. Uh, I was trying to think. think of, I don't think I could top that, though. Uh, yeah, exactly. I could top that. I, I, might, I might throw it a bit further back. Uh, I think it was the first year I came to Oregon Trail, actually, as a volunteer. Um, the very first night, you know, we do the stage at the stages at uh, PIR in Portland. Um, and I got put, me and my friend, I, I had worked like roadblock or hand marshal points before, but nothing as intense as uh, stop control at PIR when the cars are running reverse order with 30 second intervals. 30 seconds, yeah, and everybody screws um, up the times because 30 seconds. So, so that was pretty intense. And uh, my friend and I were working that. I had the radio and uh, the clipboard to write down the times. And then I was relaying them to my friend who was uh, then uh, you know, writing them on the time cards and everything. And that was the year that Ken Block lost his wheel. Um, ah, 2012? 20, 2013. Thir 2013, that's right. Um, so Ken Block lost his wheel, kept driving, uh, lost his wheel somewhere earlier, early in that stage, finished that stage and came by us and then drove the next stage um, on the brake rotor on the front, put a huge groove in the hole in the track at PIR. Yeah, which they, they were... weren't happy with us with after that. Can you imagine? Huh? But my favorite part of that, you know, we got cars coming in and they're coming in faster and faster and stacking up. They're, they're coming in. Uh, the, the real fast cars are coming in and they stop by us and we're, the finish control or the the flying finish is behind on giving us time. So they, the cars are stacking up and we're waiting for times and their brakes are catching fire and we're trying to run with them to keep their brakes cool enough to not catch fire. And then Ken Block rolls up, missing a wheel, and I've got my head in the clipboard and I just hear just <laughs> grinding gravel noise, awful thing. And I just look up and I was like, what? What is that? And it missing a wheel. Um, so finally get the time and my friend takes the time card from Alex, gets it, writes down the time and hands it back to him and starts yelling at him. He goes, you're missing a wheel. <laughs> and I'm like, I think he knows that. <laughs> See here, me, funny moments. Gosh, there's been so many. There's only so many that I can uh, probably talk about. Uh, so, hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm not going to talk about Some of the after parties get interesting. I'll say that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I did have to look after uh, David and uh, Barry uh, this last year at Ojibwe. 
because uh, they, 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 had, they had a little much and I uh, got kicked out of the bar. And I had to watch after them as they were walking down the street. And um, they, it, it, not too bad, but they got to a point where it was like, there was this like, uh, they're doing construction. And there was like a sign that said, you know, uh, you know, like, uh, like a stop sign or yield sign or something like that. They had like supported with sandbags. And they were acting like, <laughs> like children. They were just like, oh, let's knock it down. <laughs> And stuff like that. I mean, literally, it's like being around a bunch of kids. Uh, so, yeah, those are some of the interesting moments. But I think probably yeah. one of the most funny moments uh, to me was probably when I was hanging with Matt Kalish and when we uh, jumped the uh, unintentionally, he says, when he when he jumped the rental truck. Uh, we had a little Nissan Frontier, and we were at Ojibwe, and they're doing that little. Um, that little super special that they do in the fairgrounds and they made a little make a little jump there uh and you know he's like ah you know it's not that steep we can go over that you know uh he wasn't paying attention to the speed i think he was going and when he went over that also next thing i know is because i wasn't paying too close attention because we were kind of doing recce and just looking at all the different stages to talk about them and next thing you know that just a nose dives in on that truck and some dirt goes flying and I, I honestly thought we broke something. Uh, in fact, we kind of did, but it was just kind of like that splitter thing that was underneath in the front of the truck. Basically what he did is uh, <laughs> ended up removing that, you know, found a couple of bolts that held on like that plastic uh, air dam splitter thing. And as far as we know, it was never there to begin with. <laughs> when he when we checked it back and cleaned up the truck it was never there wasn't a necessary component anyway right but uh but yeah that was uh that was something that was kind of unexpected and <laughs> uh the things that happen when you're out on rally stages and uh yeah you, you gotta pay attention sometimes uh it, it can get away from you but uh fun times uh ian we didn't get to you uh tell us a funny moment ah well, when I was at Goodwood, no, <laughs> <laughs> no, I wouldn't do that to you. No, I was, I've had plenty of time to think about that, and the, the 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 funniest thing I can think of was a hundred acre wood last year, and Scott and I had just finished the last had finished the last stage, and we were transiting back to uh, to Salem, and uh, we were coming. Actually, we were coming into town, and we got behind this. Uh, beat up old pickup truck and there was a couple of teenagers in in there and a boy and a girl and uh, they, they obviously were very much in love because she was actually taking I could see you could see through the back window of the pickup truck pickup truck she was like taking pictures of herself when she was getting her hair all dolled up and she would take a picture and then she would snuggle up close to her boyfriend who was driving and they would take take they would take selfies selfies like that together and it's like this went on for miles three or four miles from the outskirts of salem all the way into the center of salem and we were like and they were just like pottering along at like 30 mile an hour and i'm looking at the looking at my watch and thinking yeah we should be okay on time but you know it's going to get a bit close but yeah they were just like driving along minding their own business taking their lovey-dovey selfies and uh yeah, that's probably the the strangest thing I've the strangest funniest thing that I can think of right now. Being late for a time control because of uh, two lovers in a car in front of you. 
<laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> you wouldn't. You wouldn't get a time delay for that. But they, you know. <laughs> oh wow. We never take selfies together in the race car. No, you just do video. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if that's better or worse. Come on. No, it's better, man. We need more of that. We need. We need all the competitors to be uh, doing what they're doing. No, yeah, no, we definitely enjoy that. Uh, some of those funny moments you guys have in the car. Uh, heck, you were uh, what was it the at Snowdrift? You were talking about it's like you're, you're you're looking outside and then you know t- pointing the camera back at yourself, your phone. You know, it's like okay, now now it's rain. Oh wait, now it's snow again. Now it's sleet. Now it's this. It's like every every two minutes it changes to something else. It really did. It really was that crazy. Like that was a heck of a first snowdrift for us. Like. We are not used to snow at all, so we were just amazed that we like survived and finished the weekend. That's yeah, that's great. They start you off at night, so yeah, first stage in the snow and ice. It's dark out. You can't see anything, and it's snowing. Well, you're points leaders, so you did did a great job so far. So there we go. <laughs> all right. Um, I guess kind of finish things off. Um, well, actually, I did want to mention one other thing. Uh, Tedrick and I, we can finally talk about it. We got to go to the um, little secret test that Subaru did because uh, they ended up announcing their official drivers that they have for the um, team for this year. But uh, obviously it hasn't started off yet. But uh, so Subaru Rally, yeah, Subaru Motorsports USA, um, they signed Brendan Semenuk and John Hall as the second car. And we got Travis Pastrani, Travis Pastrami, boy. Well, that is his nickname, right? <laughs> Travis Pastrana and Robbie Duran. Too. <laughs> That's great. Uh, but we got to get access to that little test day that they did. Um, I, I must say we're pretty lucky. I found out about it because I know people and they were kind of upset that we just kind of showed up there. And but then the Subaru folks uh, gave us permission, um, ended up texting uh, Chris Handel and he's like, look, OK, as long as you guys are professionally, keep this under your hat. and Don't tell anybody uh, until it's officially released. And so this is like way back, what, early February, like first week of February or something. Yeah, sometime early February. Yeah. So uh, we actually got to see rally cars. So uh, Calvin and Kelsey, you got to do two events. We actually got to see some rally cars at speed. So that's actually a bonus for us. Um and I guess uh, Johnny, he got to see some cars at Sandblast, so some of us actually got to see some racing for a little bit. Um, well, I guess uh, I guess um, Adam, you got to see uh, Snowdrift, so um, so we have a few of us actually got to see some action this year, but kind of kind of few and far between. The uh, joke I like to make now is, uh, who knew that Sandblast Rally would be the last rally event of the year? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> I got to I go to it. Not. Nice. Uh, but uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Tell us a little bit, Tedrick, uh, what you thought of how Brandon was uh, handling that car because uh, he looked wicked quick right from the start to me. Uh, yeah, he was definitely fast. I, actually, that was a really cool opportunity. Um, I love doing test days just because you get to see, you know, you only get to work like a couple of corners and whatever you can hike from there, but you get to see how they adapt either their setup or their approach to, to different cor- like or the same corner over and over and over again. And so, uh, you know, I know they were testing different suspension and differential and other uh, setups on the car. So it was interesting to see how he would um, approach the corner and everything. And sometimes it was a little annoying because I would see him go through the corner one way and I'd be like, oh, man, I'm moving to that corner because I'm going to get a great shot there. And then they changed the setup and he it's a totally different approach to the corner. I'm like, oh, 
That was lame. Uh, <laughs> so, is there some exclusive uh, open paddock video or photos? Uh, I've got some photos. Uh, Mike, I think you got some video. Um, I've got some, I, I've got some stuff that I just did on my phone. Um, I haven't really edited it and posted it up yet. I'll have to uh, get to that then. But uh, yeah, we yeah we had uh, some nice conversations with the with the guys there. You know, like I said, you you took some great photos of it, and um, it was interesting because uh, Rihanna Gelsomino actually got to sit in the passenger seat next to him because John Hall, his normal co-driver, ended up uh, being busy for the test day, and so she was just giddy to, to get inside that car. She had, I guess got to do like a little test thing and, and ride in one of the cars once before, but uh, to do a full test weekend, um, it was two days of testing that she got to do with him. Uh, she, she really loved doing that. And, um, and that'd be cool if she could, you know, step up to that level too, because we know how professional the Gelsominos are, but, um, but yeah, that uh, test weekend was, was pretty cool to see the, he, he was wicked quick. They had different conditions they could try out and uh, talking to the engineer uh, he was saying that everything you could throw at uh, bleh, Brandon, he just absorbed it all and was able to, you know, tell every change. I wouldn't have thought that mountain biking would translate, you know, very well to car racing, but it seems like, you know, it comes to setups and, you know, how the car felt. He pretty much just got it right, right away. So, uh, but there's been several drivers that have uh, been big into mountain biking. This is just kind of the reverse version, right? We have a mountain biker getting into rallying, so why not? <laughs> so uh, back to Simonuk, though. I mean, what do you think when we finally get to see them race? I mean, what do you, what do you, how does he compare to Pastrana, Higgins, the others that have sat in the Subaru cars? Tedrick, you want to start? What you thought on that? Um, yeah, I think, I mean, I, I I got a couple of thoughts on that. I think uh, Pastrana, without having the pressure of trying to chase Higgins, um, and with the, well, the the additional then pressure of trying to be the the number one car basically on the team, uh, I think we'll see him probably work more on consistency. Um, and I think at least for the first few races, he'll probably be faster than uh, than Brandon, but. Um, you know, Brandon's not going to be too far behind. Uh, and it, it, especially as he starts to really get comfortable in that car and in all the different conditions at all the different rallies, you know, maybe not in the first year, especially with who knows what's going to happen this year. But uh, definitely next year, we're going to see some, I would bet we'd see some close battles between those two, and that'll be fun. Yeah, I'm really interested to see that because, uh, as you know, I've, Mike knows I've been kind of looking for, Subaru to reward one of the local American drivers. Put well, Canadian, a, but North American, so you're close. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, that's what I mean. One of the one of the guys who who we see race all the time as more of an amateur level, I would suppose. You know, you know, not the factory backed guys, but you know, we they brought over Higgins, they brought over other guys from from Europe, and you know, it's it's really interesting to see them put a one of our locals effectively into a Subaru uh, to see how they do. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely excited about it. Um, I think there, there's a certain amount of uh, bravery, I think that you end up having when you're a little bit younger, that maybe you can, you'll take a little bit of risk, maybe where the, uh, the older guys, maybe not, which can work to your advantage or work against you. Yeah. I, th I think, 
I don't think it'll take Brandon very long to uh, end up being right there at the top. But what I think the big advantage here would be for a Barry McKenna. You know, this is an advantage for him that now that he's gotten his consistency up, you know, he's, I think, figured out that his car, no matter what, is not going to be what Subaru's car is, right? Even though he's got that uh, what is essentially a WRC car with a two-liter motor in it, it still just can't compete at the development level that you have of the Subarus, uh, especially on the faster stages we tend to have here in America. On the twisty stuff, his car is actually an advantage, but on the flat-out stuff that most of our stuff, most of the roads we have, it just it just doesn't have that top-end speed. So, but his consistency's gotten so good now, if you know, Semenuk backs off a little bit. Pastrana has history of offs a little bit. Um, that could be very well where we'd see a, a new champion. But yeah, I think it might uh, wait until next year till we see more of that. Or both, maybe both of them will get some interesting practicing in this year, right? Uh, if we don't really have a championship, we'll have to see what happens. But um, yeah, I think that would be, make next year that much more interesting, I guess, because y- y- you'll have this kind of buffer time of more testing type events for for all of them that are at that top level so who knows who can come out on top hmm i'm not sure what to say there but i'm excited to see how this kid goes Uh, i think he could stay in the sport for a long time um he he, he, i think he's got the talent for it but uh it's good to see though i'd like to see oliver back too and do a couple events though because oliver was just fun that kid is just I think the the joy and excitement that he has for rallying is just infectious, just like his dad. Um, and, and and it wasn't trying to be just all fanboy because yeah, I'll admit I'm a huge Petter Solberg fan, always was. But I I wasn't sure how his son was when it came to that stuff. And boy, again, just he truly just loves and is passionate about the sport, and that's what we like to see. We like to see that passion. We know all of us here. That's why we do these, you know, Rallycast podcasts and things like that. We're all really excited about the sport, and we want to we want to have people that exude that, so the rest of the public can understand how awesome it is, right? Yeah, he's so, definitely got a lot of talent. Um, so uh, Brandon, he's a little bit more quiet. Once you get him talking, he's he's a lot of fun, and and I think he can uh, really tell. Uh, you know, give, give some good uh, stories about, uh, you know, how he's doing with the rallies and and and, and uh, how he's improving and things like that. So um, I think we just got to break him out of the shell, shell a little bit and uh, show the excitement that I know is in there. But, he, you know, he, he keeps it a little bit sheltered. So uh, we'll, we'll try and see if we can uh, pull some of that out. So you need we need to get him on the podcast then. I guess we do, don't we? Really? Yeah, yeah we can. That would ease him out of his shell. Wait, Mike, are you saying you didn't ask him when we were there? I, 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 try, I, I try not to be uh, too overwhelming with this stuff that I'm doing and, uh, and ask for too much. And I don't know. I, I don't know. I try and be a little bit more reserved about that. But, uh, but I'm sure we could probably get him on. I'm sure he'd love to talk about that test day and uh, what he's looking forward to for the season when it gets going. So, um, yeah. So, Calvin and Kelsey, get that damn car done, will you? <laughs> yeah i'm I'm trying to get him motivated so we'll see all right what's the, what's the key to motivation there what, what do we need to do do we need to send you like messages like daily um hourly what is this need a rally in two weeks yeah yeah <laughs> you need you need a deadline that's what you need yeah tedrick 
You need to get a job. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the worst time to do it, but yeah. <laughs> I mean that nice as possible. Uh, so, uh, Johnny, we need to motivate you to get that editing done of Sandblast stuff. Yeah, it's probably not going to happen. I'll, I'll see. <laughs> you know, I mean, luck, luckily, I am still being paid to work. So I'm still logging in 8 to 5 and doing the IT stuff. So we'll see. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping busy myself as well. Uh, Adam, so uh, we're looking to see some uh, pretty cool stuff that you can dig up out of all those 32 terabytes of crap that you got, man. Wow. I don't know how you find something in 32 terabytes, but uh, it's going to be a hell of a search. It'll take a while, but right now, like I said, I don't really have much going on, so that's kind of the plan for the next couple weeks is to look through what I got and see what I can do with what I have just to get something going. Would you like to edit my video as well? <laughs> Sounds like you got some free storage. I could just send it right over. Yeah, DM me for rates. <laughs> <laughs> love it, love it. <clears throat> All right, Kasaboom, you've uh, you've got to give us some more uh, miniatures rally. Um, well, we got a challenge. We're gonna have to do yes, the I'm... miniatures rally challenge. I'm gonna set it up. Tedrick versus David. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure we I like it. Others involved too. Uh, that could be fun. I think we should, yeah, get all the photogs that we know uh, involved in doing a miniatures uh, rally photo competition. I think that would be a fun thing to do for sure. Warwick was getting involved today. He had um, some oh, yes, uh, uh, on control. That's right. He did. I, I did see that photo today. So uh, we'll have to uh, make sure that we figure that one out. Um, Ian, what about you? Yes. What What are you going to get as, a, as something done here? Come on, man. Well, you know, I... Gosh, it's like when was when was the Jibway? That was the last time I was in the in the in the co-driver's seat. You know, it's like I, I need to get back in the. I've got to start sharpening up my pace notes again. I've got to go back over some old videos and and work on making pace notes and stuff like that. But uh, you know, I just we, we all need a deadline. That's it. We need to we need to see a date on the calendar that says like this date is a rally. And then we can really get focused and excited. What we need to do is we need to get Ian to play a simulator. That's what I was going to say. That's what we need to do. The answer is you're going to install <laughs> Dirt Rally too. Yeah, exactly. You're We've got to figure out how to get challenge. Ian set up to, uh, yeah, I mean, to, to I'm play that. I mean, I'm pretty sure you put deadlines on that. So, like, yeah. Ian, that that's this date is a rally. <laughs> <laughs> I like there it. I go. like it. I mean, once you try a force feedback wheel, it kind of changes everything. It really does. It's it's a lot of fun. I remember when I was trying to play with literally when I was learning the flying thing, I was using a, a flight sim yoke, right? And, you know, that doesn't have the vibrations or feels or anything like that. As soon as I got a force feedback wheel, it changed everything. I'm like, oh, that's why they mean simulator, because <laughs> you can actually feel it a little bit. So, uh, Ian, we, we, we got to figure out something for you, man, because... Uh, yeah, it's a lot of fun once you can once you can try it out. So, um, as for me, um, I just I got uh, I actually did finally start doing it. You know, I said I was going to do those flying finish interviews that I did. I was going to finally get those all munched munched together into a single podcast thing. I am finally working on some of that. Tedrick, you were helping me with some of them too, so I can finally get those out. Uh, so so that those can be out there. So. Of course, this podcast going to be getting that out as, as soon as I can. And uh, other than that, um, 
working with the Oregon Trail Rally folks, I think, again, we're going to try and do another dirt challenge kind of deal, something like that. And I don't know, just more rally content. Um, was having a, a call today with uh, the folks at ARA and uh, some things that they want to try and do to create supplemental content and uh, so, some neat ideas, actually. So hoping for good things. And uh, I hope you all just, uh, most importantly, stay safe, everybody. Stay uh, corona-free if you can. Stay home. Uh, hopefully you all can stay uh, uh, financially okay as well because this is a hard time in every sense of the word. And uh, I just want to make sure that everybody that's listening, everybody that's uh, that's part of the rally community and whatnot, that uh, we'll persevere. I hope you're all going to be okay through this. And specifically, I wanted to send out our thoughts uh, to all of our friends and family that are first responders, doctors, nurses, support staff. Um, there's a lot involved in the rally community that are beyond, being on the front lines with all of this. And uh, I really wanted to send our, our special thoughts to them because it's going to get worse before it gets better. We all know that. And some of them are in the thick of it right now. Um, uh, just one small example, Blake Lynn's wife, um, Trisha Lynn, she's a nurse. Um, there's, you know, obviously for Oregon Trail, I know a lot of the folks that were like the EMTs and the folks that are part of our sweep crew. They're, they're folks that are going to be on the front line. Um, and there's just countless others that are involved in, in uh, our sport that, uh, that we know people that are going to be on the front lines there. So be safe, be careful out there, and I hope you all have a wonderful evening. It was fun to chat with all of you. Uh, uh, yeah. Does anybody have any you know, just final words uh, to say before we sign off for the night? No. <laughs> silence. Silence. silence okay well i'll be cutting that part out it? all right that's more editing for me all right yeah exactly <laughs> all right well remember if you like what we're doing on this show it's always a big help if you give us a like a follow leave us a brief comment even better than that tell a friend to listen to because uh we always like having that many more followers and you can also tell your smart speaker to play the Open Paddock Rallycast. So you can find us on all the different stuffs from iTunes to the Google Podcasts to Podbean and Pod everything. But uh, anyways, you know where to find us. As always, thank you very much for listening. I'm your host, Mike Shaw. Remember to keep it shiny side up and don't cut. <laughs>